Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 329. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a lot of sports to get to today, and we're going to start off with the Stanley Cup. Congratulations to Las Vegas Golden Knights. We talked about it last week briefly, how we said that they were up 3-1, to one and it looked like they were going to finish it off, and they were actually playing that evening. And, oh boy, did they finish it off. They won that game 9-3, to three, absolutely annihilated the Florida Panthers. They annihilated them in the entire series. It was just never close. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a one seed in the West versus an eight seed in the East. Uh, Florida Panthers had a fun little playoff run. I mean, they they took out the Boston Bruins in the uh, first round, and the Bruins were the, the best team in the league. They won the President's Cup. They were up 3-1 to one in the series, and Florida came back and beat them. So that was, you know, good and exciting for them. But, um, yeah, the Vegas Knights took care of business. They took care of it easily. And uh, it was their first uh, championship, and it took them only six years as a franchise to win their first Stanley Cup. So uh, congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, old news now that it's been about a week, but uh, we just you know, wanted to direct it on our podcast here that uh, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights for uh, winning their first Stanley Cup in their franchise history and only their sixth season of existence. So congrats Pretty to them. All right, uh, how about the NBA now? Yeah, this is where it gets fun. I mean, I'll let Andy lead it off because uh, these are, uh, I know, one of his favorite players of all time is who uh, made a big splash. uh, Not a big splash, but I mean, was part of a big splash uh, recently. I mean, it took the NBA no time to uh, start making some noise just right after the season ended. So, uh, yeah, I'll let Andy. Yeah, a a big trade happened this weekend ahead of the the draft, which is uh, this Thursday. Uh, Bradley Beal, who's one of the highest paid players in the NBA, uh, is is gone from Washington. He is going to the Phoenix Suns uh, in exchange for Landry Shamit, Chris Paul, and some pick swaps and some second rounders. Um, so not a whole lot that Phoenix is giving up to get an all-star player. Um, although you can say Bradley Beal's reputation has kind of taken a hit the last couple of years. He hasn't been healthy. The team has been bad. Uh, but this is a guy who had back-to-back 30-point uh, per-game seasons. But I think that was always kind of a little overrated because it wasn't a good team and he just got a lot of opportunity, but um, it is adding another star player to that roster with uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Um, But they did have to give up a guy who was at least a star when he started uh, with Phoenix. Um, But after how Chris Paul finished the season, uh, I think um, we all, we all knew that Phoenix was looking to move on. Um, So for Washington, this gets him out of a contract that Beal was owed $200 $200 million over the next four years. Yeah, that's um, and, the big one. And they're a, they're a bad team, so now they can kind of do a reset here. Um, Chris Paul is in demand. Um, they can just release him. Yeah, they will not. Chris Paul will not start the season in a Wizards form. Yeah, um, or they can trade him, which there's some teams rumored that are um, interested, including the Clippers. And I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, for the Clippers, it would be about, like, somebody for, like, about Bones Highland or something? Um... I've heard they, that Bones Highland wouldn't be bad because they think that Bones Highland wants to like 
be on a team where he can prove that he's a star player and the Wizards would be a good team for that because they don't really have too many star players. The Clippers have a bunch of expiring Mm -hmm. salaries. So guys who um, won't cost anything in the future for Washington, which is kind of what they're looking for, so they could trade uh, Marcus Morris or Batum or Covington, any of these guys, uh, just to match the salaries. Um, So we'll see if that, that happens. Um, I think some reports said the Clippers are the favorites to do it, um, and but that might complicate their desire to bring back Russell Westbrook. That they they would still like to bring him back, but he might say, "I'm good. I don't want to come back to the Clippers." If they have Chris Paul as well, um, and I could see that if you're a, a point guard who thrives on having the ball in his hand, you don't want Chris Paul to take any more possessions away from you. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it happen just because I, I don't know if the Clippers are going to really compete at all these next couple of years. Um, but I would like it if Chris Paul finishes his career back here in LA. Um, cause it, I mean, it, maybe it's sad to say, but he's the best player in franchise history. Um, it was only six years, but he's the best player. I think he was probably the best player to put on the uniform, but also just their best player in that he actually you know, turn the franchise around, contributed for six seasons, whereas, like, you know, Kawhi's pretty good, but he's played, what, a combined two seasons out of four? Um, so he's not your franchise player. Um, so, yeah, it, it would be nice to have him back. Um, but, yeah, there are other teams. The Lakers might be interested. Some other teams I saw that, that would want a veteran guard. Someone like Memphis, I think. I saw some, too, that said they don't think the Lakers would make much sense, but they were, like, the fourth favorites to land him. I at like seven to one odds or or four to one or seven to one odds or something like that. But uh, yeah, I guess we will we will see. And uh, the other thing here we got to talk about is uh, I'm actually going to need something from you here pretty quickly, Andy. Some something to pull up. So I was listening to last week's podcast uh, a couple days ago, and we talked about the the odds of uh, the next year's NBA championship, and we talked about how the Grizzlies were thirty to one odds to win. And I said how I thought that had something to do with John Morant's uh, suspension being pending. And the over-under we talked about was 50 games. And I ironically said last week that, like, when we talked about it, that, oh, it's dependent on his thing, but maybe it'll go down if he only gets, like, 25 games. Well, he only got 25 games. So now I'm curious to see what they're at. And they are at plus 2,600. So it did go down a little bit. As John Morant did only get a 25-game suspension, so he will only, you know, he'll miss a good chunk of the season. But at least it's not 50, which is what his over/under was set on, and it did make the Grizzlies' odds go down a little bit. They went from 30 to one to now 26 to one, according to FanDuel, which is where we got our information last week. So I just wanted to point that out because it's kind of funny. I was listening back to it, and I said, "Well, if he gets like 25 games or something," and that's exactly what he did get. So uh, there you go. Uh, anything. Anything you want to say about that? Uh, there was there was a report that the Grizzlies uh, might be moving Tyus Jones, who if Jaw was going to miss the majority of the season, they wouldn't want to do that. Um, but now that he will be there for most of the season, that they can feel like they can move him for greater wing depth or another forward or something, because um, he's a good player. He could start for a lot of teams. Um, <clears throat> but then if you do that, then that would make sense to bring in someone like Chris Paul if they um, lose him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's other stories about Jaw that he was making fun of the suspension with like a toy gun, which was his excuse um, when he got caught again. And I, I, I don't know. The, 
the guy doesn't care, but like in the end, this is kind of a weird thing to get him on. Yeah, um, I think twenty five games guns. is fair. I think the the reason he's getting the twenty five is for the second offense so quickly after. And I think they were basically showing like, hey, this guy just doesn't give a shit. He's still just waving around guns. But at the end of the day, he was, I don't know. Like, I've heard things that are saying like that he didn't do anything like, I don't know, like legally wrong, I guess, or it wasn't like, but waving it in a car, I guess, is still is not okay. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. It gets into stuff that I can't even comprehend. It gets into like the fine print, you know. Well, and then you're getting into constitutional lawyers. Exactly. And- so, I mean, it's all sorts of shit that I... I'm just a landscape supervisor, you know. I can't. We don't. They don't. Thankfully, they don't bring guns to work, so I don't you, have to. You're issued worry. a pistol, a, a service weapon. No, but now, if he had a weed whacker in his car, I could tell you guys that consequence. Only about two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It should, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that. I mean, Jaw is a fun player. I hope he gets right because he is a, he's a rare talent with his athletic ability. I will give him that. I mean, the, the man can fucking fly. Uh, he's. He's fun to watch, so, you know, and it makes things more exciting. It makes the West more competitive. It makes, you know, it makes basketball fun to watch, I guess. He's a fun player to watch. I'm just glad Dylan Brooks is off that team. Well, we don't know that's for sure yet. What? I mean, Tell the, us more. The offseason hasn't happened yet. Maybe they, maybe come August to, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? We want you back, yeah. buddy. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, there's some other uh, rumors going around. Yeah, we some big some things that might. From yeah, another so, guy that doesn't play either. Yeah, <laughs> so. the the, two, the first two picks of the 2019 draft, um, both have problems here. Uh, Zion Williamson, the rumors that the Pelicans are over him and would be you, interested in a trade. Do you think one of the final straws here was the recent drama with the, the baby yeah, mama I and stuff? Yeah, I think that affects that. And that probably led to the rumors where... And also, I think they realized they did pretty well without him. Maybe they can get something for him, which is yeah. what they're obviously trying to do right now. No, that, that's definitely part of it is take that team without him they've got good players that if you can get are you hearing that i am okay that's weird uh, i am Sean, not you hearing that no okay, okay what's well, going on now we're getting some buzzing on our end yeah, we got some white noise going on yeah. in this Uh-oh, room there's a ghost in there tony well yeah. andy's closet just shuts that was kind of weird yeah. <laughs> yeah. um All right. yeah so, I Wow. Um, it's got us both a little rattled here. <laughs> we were talking about Zion. Oh, yeah, we, we were. Yeah, we're oh, yeah, the, the recover is, here. The team is pretty solid. If you got 80% of the player Zion is, but a guy who plays 70 games a year, that's, that's a good upgrade. Um, I don't know who that would be, but um, I think there's plenty of teams that would be willing to take a chance on Zion because when he does play, he's great. And I think Portland, in my opinion, this is their way of giving Lillard something else and making him stay. Yeah, that's but a separate, also, well, the thing, thing they did—the thing I saw—said that it would be. I, don't, I know we got distracted there for a minute, so forgive me if you actually just mentioned this. But they're talking about it. They would trade their their pick. Yeah, why? Well, because the the, the the Pelicans want that Scoot Scoot yeah. guy. Is his name Scooter Scooter? What's his name? Scoot. His name is probably like John, but he's, well, what's his Scoot, basketball Scoot name? Scoot Henderson. And I, he's uh, Pelicans really want him. It sounds like, and I know that that's where it looks like Portland would take him. So they're basically saying straight up, like, we'll give you Zion. You let us gamble on this pick. We're giving you Zion. But it's like again, if when Zion plays, he's effective. But if he doesn't play, yeah. And and the thing with the with Portland and that pick and all that stuff is that I've heard it go both ways. That uh, Damian Lillard would. He would like them to trade that pick for a player because he, he's not getting any younger. He wants them to get a player who could play right away. But I've also heard Portland doesn't want to uh, 
waste that that pick. That's the future. Um, and there was yeah, there was one another rumor today that Portland would try to trade for Bam Adebayo with that pick, which is like, why would Miami do that? They yeah. were just in the finals. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I could see either way happening that Portland uses that pick to acquire a veteran player or Portland just drafts a player and then finds a deal for Lillard. Um, so I think we'll know more after Thursday. Um, but yeah, that that's up in the air. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, we will uh, discuss some baseball. Yeah, so uh, this is actually a pretty funny thing here. So we've talked about this briefly before about a player on the Miami Marlins named Louis, 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 wow, Luis, Luis Arias, who won the batting title last year with the Minnesota Twins. And he's having a very good season this year with the Miami Marlins, who I didn't even realize until I looked at their record today, 41 and 28. The Miami Marlins having a fantastic season. And uh, so a little, I'm going to quick give a little quick, uh, story here a buddy of mine who i've been friends with since um middle school him and i made a fun like you know friendly little wager like a few years back where there was a pitcher on the marlins named tom kohler and i was big on him and he wasn't and his er he was starting off the season really well and he basically made a wager with like you know again like a handshake wager like no, nothing but just you know for bragging rights and said I bet you his ERA, at the time his ERA was like in the twos. And he's like, I bet you he ends the season with an ERA over like 3.6. And I was like, oh, you're on. Sure enough, he got shelled like pretty much the rest of the way. And his, he finished the season with like an ERA over four or something like that. So ironically, two weeks ago when I saw Luis Arias went five for five in a game, he got his average up to 400. And I said something to him and he was trying to like debunk him. And this is a buddy of mine too that uh, as a side job, he, he writes for... Uh, like fan graphs and stuff like that. So a notable good baseball, like analytic website. And I said to him, I said, I bet you, you know, Luis Arias turned up and he goes, Tony, I bet you Luis Arias doesn't bat over 370 this season. And I'm like, you know, you're on. Fuck it. I'll take it just out of pride. I also had like a bottle of wine at that point. And so literally about four days ago, he's like, hey, Tony, you've been seeing what Arias is batting. I think he was down to like 360 something or whatever. Or 370-something and already. And he's like, you know what? I feel like 370 is a little too, you know, crazy. I'll bring it down to 360 for you. We'll, we'll make the bet at 360. And I said, all right, you're on. Well, Luis Arias, ever since we said that, has gotten hot again, including a 5-for-5 performance last night against the Toronto Blue Jays. And he has brought his average up back up to 400. Through 67 games that he's played, 255 at-bats, and that's obviously not counting walks. He's got, so I guess technically if you count his walks, eh, it doesn't matter. He's, he's got about 270 at-bats this season in total, and he's batting 400 on the season. He's back up to 400, which is number one in the league, obviously. The next closest is 325 by Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, just absolutely dominating the bat. As long as he stays healthy, I mean, he's going to win the batting title. I mean, he's already 75 points ahead. Uh, it's just, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's very, very good. Uh, and so I'm I'm excited about that. What do you, do you have any thoughts on it? Can yeah, he can he at least bat 370, 380 this season? I mean, can he actually do? I mean, I feel like he's gonna have to get that up to like 415 or something before we really start to think he can do 400. Because I I just don't see that happening. But I think, well, I, I don't I don't I either. Think the unfortunately, the 370 but. is in play. Oh I, um, yeah. I uh I mean, what was the the last person bat 400? Was it Ted Williams? 
Did Pete Rose not do it once? I don't know. I guess I we know. could. We have the power to look it up, but we're not going to. I don't want to. I feel like it was Ted Williams. I don't know if Pete I Rose. Know. I know Tony Gwynn was close a few times. We're going to look it up. So we give us you know, a quick, quick moment here. We'll go to a commercial uh, break. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so some guy named Artie. No, that's for the uh, uh, different league. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> league that didn't count yet. So I guess it would be Ted Williams, right? Yeah, so you're right. The 406 I, in 1941, which is crazy because we've had great hitters, obviously, since then. Pete Rose, I know, came close. Tony Gwynn's come close. I know there was one year where I think like each row, and even I feel like Manny Ramirez had like a 370 or 380 season one year. So uh, guys have been close, uh, but it hasn't, hasn't happened. So they said the closest to do it since uh, Ted Williams was Tony Gwynn in 1994, batted 394. Yeah, and there's a good story about this in that um, there's a, a brewery called Alesmith in San Diego County. Okay. And they started a beer uh, to honor Tony Gwynn. And they initially called it Tony's Take. Oh, really? Uh, and then they renamed it to 394. And that's because of us. They got scared. So <laughs> They knew what was coming. They knew what was brewing in the forecast. Yeah. So I, I like that part of the story. And uh, another just couple little quick things I wanted to mention in baseball was... Um, that the Cincinnati Reds are hot. It's been a fun season. It's been a funny season, I should say. Oh, wait, you're blowing oh. through this. I oh, still shit. wanted to talk about the batting average. Oh, okay. Well, I... Remember last week I said I wanted to go through some of the stat leaders. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, Alvarez is way higher than everyone else, but I think we need to give credit to some of these other guys. So oh, there, yeah. There are 13 players hitting 300, um, starting at the bottom with Shohei Otani, who's the best well, hitter me, in baseball Yeah, right let me now. just talk about him because that was part of my list. Okay. This guy said... Eight home runs in his last 10 games. He leads the Angel in every offensive stat and every pitching stat, which is just absurd. And it's unfortunate to think that this guy is probably going to be on a different team next year, whether it's the Dodgers, the Cubs, or you know the Padres. Those are the three teams I'm hearing the most. Uh, but, yeah, you've got a. It, it's honestly, if, if you live in the Orange County area and you're listening, we're a local podcast in Orange County, do yourself a favor even if you have to get a cheap ticket, get a cheap ticket and then find your way down below or something like that or do what you have to do. But get a chance to watch this guy live while you can because he is a player that uh, a type of player you will never see again. I mean, what he does offensively and then pitching is just it's cool to see. It's cool that it's going on in our lifetime because it, it's it really is a sight to see. And it's awesome that it's just in our backyard. So and he's just he's the minus like 500 minus 500 favorite right now to win MVP. It's just, it's almost, it's just stupid. So Otani having another fantastic season, leading the MLB in home runs, which he wasn't last week when we talked about it, but he has surpassed Pete Alonso, who is out with an injury still, but Shohei's got 24 home runs. He's betting 300, and oh, by the way, he also pitches every five games and has an ERA like under three or like around three. So, and he's like third or fourth in the AL in strikeouts. I mean, just, just crazy. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. very good. And uh, the other the other big high average players this year um, in second is Ronald Acuna Jr. at three twenty five average. That's that's seventy five points away from uh, the leader, but it's still a very good average. He he's the and favorite. He's, in I was the gonna say he's still the favorite to win the MVP in the National League. I think um, right behind him is his former Braves teammate Freddie Freeman at three twenty four. Could have been one of your guys' um, former teammates, right? In like NJB North Sunrise. Yeah. yeah, I always wanted him on my NJB team. Former. 
alum of mine. Yeah. Um, fourth, Austin Hayes with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, a player that's flown under the radar, but they're they're actually good this year. Um, he's been solid for them. Um, so he's actually leading the American League, and then you got uh, Bo Bichette in Toronto, um, at fifth place, three seventeen, and then. Sixth place. This one's a surprise to me because I don't think of him as a high batting average type guy. But Ooh, my boy, uh, you're a Greek. Um, I think we found out he's not Greek. Is he or not? maybe he is. Nick Castellanos yeah. of the Phillies, three fifteen this year. So he's an awesome guy. Only eight home runs though. So yeah, it's all right. Um, but yeah, so that's that, those are your well, batting average leaders. I think we should note a couple of the guys up there too in the top ten. You got Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks, who's eighth, who is... He's already locked up. He's a rookie, and he's the National League Rookie of the Year, most likely, more than likely, so he stays healthy. And then batting in the 10th spot, you got Ataka Yoshida, who is Boston's rookie with a 302 average. But he's probably like 30, right? I was going to say, yeah, he's one of those rookies like Ichiro that's, you know, already 30-something. He's 29 years old. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, but again, unfortunately, that is a rookie. So for those 22-year-olds, like, I mean... Can we compare it? How old's Corbin born Carroll? In, fuck you, Japan. <laughs> how, how old's Corbin Carroll? I just want to compare what a real rookie is compared to a fake rookie. 22. Okay, so about a seven-year difference. Depends who you're asking. But uh, anyway, um, did you have anything else to talk about with baseball? No. I mean, you had something else. Yeah, just really briefly, I just want to say it's been a funny season. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds have won nine games in a row. And they are currently winning 5-1 to one in the fourth inning against the Colorado Rockies. They are in first place all by themselves in the NL Central. Uh, Joey Votto came back yesterday, which I didn't even know Joey Votto was still playing. I honestly thought he retired. I think he's like the third oldest yeah, hitter. Yeah, he came back yesterday, goes 2-3 for three with, a three, with, a, with a home run in his debut. So, I mean, if, if, honestly, I think if Joey Votto's on a good team, he can be inspired to actually give a shit. And maybe we, he's got a little life in him to be, you know, a, at least a threat. I'm not going to say, like, not even close to the Joey Votto he was 12 years ago, but at least a threat. And uh, this Reds team has been fun to watch, uh, I guess. I mean, they got the, one of the youngest, I don't know why I said that, but one of the most exciting young players in baseball with, what's even his first name, De La Cruz? Ellie owns it. Ellie, who hit a home run tonight, which is actually his first home run since his first at bat against the Dodgers, like about two weeks ago. Uh, but they—they're they, just a fun little team, a bunch of you know no-name players. I mean, players that haven't had a chance to make their name yet, uh, but they will. I mean, this is a a cool little team, and uh, NL Central is both Centrals are just shit divisions. Uh, Would you have known that this guy won Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India? No one Maybe knows. no one knows. Yeah. 26 years old also, though. So when was that, last year? Or no, a few years ago? Pretty good first year and then sucked last year. So yeah, that's a, that's a you know worthy rookie of the year, I suppose. But uh, yeah, just wanted to point that out because then uh, you've you got a lot of weird teams doing well this year, including the Arizona Diamondbacks, who lead their division, the Miami Marlins, who are 41 and 28, but unfortunately the Atlanta Braves are hot also, so they lead that division. Uh, it's, it's been crazy. Then you have some teams like the Cardinals who were thought to be good or doing really bad. The Astros have been really struggling since Jordan Alvarez went out. Um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much that. I mean, it's, it's been a good, good start to the season. The San Diego Padres were supposed to be really good. And I think they're like three games under 500 or three or like at least eight games out of first. So, um, we'll see. Yeah. Eight and a half out of first two games under 500. So, uh, yeah, that, and the Mets are really bad also, and they were supposed to be good. So, 
Yeah, the most injured team. And also, I keep saying the Marlins are like 41 and 28. They're 42 and 31. So I don't know what I was getting that from. But, and here's the problem with the Marlins. They're on a five-game win streak, but the Phillies are on a six game and the Braves are on a six game. So it's hard to, it's hard to make ground when the teams that are literally behind it in front of you are uh, also kicking ass. So, yeah. And the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals are, both have only 19 wins. Pathetic. Woof. All right, uh, should we close out with some soccer? We got golf, too. Oh, fake out. What do we got in soccer? All, only thing I have in soccer to say was that, uh, just two quick things. So there was the UEFA Nations League, and Spain was in the finals on Sunday against Croatia. And ironically, my roommate and one of my really close friends that I live with, they were, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. My roommate and then his older brother, who's one of my really close friends, who I did used to live with, they uh, are in Croatia right now, or they were in Croatia. And I told them both, I said, when, it was, when the game was in like this at halftime, I said, hey, you guys should try to find a place to watch this game because Croatia is in the finals in this, in this you know, big country tournament. You guys should try to watch it somewhere. And sure enough, they did find a spot and they were very happy they did. They said it was crazy. The atmosphere was good as the game went into a shootout. Spain was up four to three in the shootout. It came down to the final kick. And they missed, or no, I'm sorry, it was 4-4, but Spain was going for the final kick to go up 5-4 and win it. It got saved. The shootout continued, but then the next guy for Croatia missed, and Spain's not going to miss two penalty kicks in a row. They end up winning 1-0, technically. And uh, they win the Nations League. And then there was the CONCAF, the North American and Central, or I think, I don't know if it was just North American, Central, whatever it was. But USA uh, won that. They defeated Canada 2-0. And they are in uh, the Gold Cup starts uh, at the end of this month, which is, I believe, with uh, all of North America, Central America, whatever it is. And uh, they're the favorites to win it with Mexico right behind them. And that championship game would be at SoFi Stadium, so in L.A. Uh, so if Mexico and USA can face well, each other. Mexico fired their coach, Really? USA is good. USA is good. It only made it six games in international play before that. Yeah, it's Mexico's brutal. I mean, I'm sure the cartel had something to do. You know, you never know. Uh, And also, and just a little side soccer news, there's the Euro qualifiers are going on right now. Uh, Andy's favorite player, our favorite player, Holland, had two goals today for Norway as they beat uh, Cyprus City, California. (laughs) No, No, the country Cyprus 3-1. The island nation of Cyprus? So those Euro qualifiers are going on. It's always fun because every couple of years we have Euro in the summer. So next summer, 2024, we will have the Euro League tournament. But uh, just just uh, just qualifications going on right now. Uh, nothing crazy. No, uh, I don't think there was actually there was kind of uh, no, nothing crazy today. Uh, just a fun quali- qualification qualification. Why are you saying? <laughs> I think you got it. You're almost there. Qualifying. Qualifying. Soccer. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But uh, qualifying. Qualifying. But uh, yeah, that's it for the soccer. We just like to keep you guys updated because, you know, we, we have a lot of listeners in the world now. So we they want to listen. We have one listener, I don't know if you heard, but uh, in Neptune as of last week. Florida? Yeah, Neptune. He was, no, not to the, the, uh, the, the planet, but he was streaming from Las Vegas, <laughs> which oh. obviously, as we know, there's been a lot of rumors. Okay. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, well, now we can close out with golf. Yeah. So... The U.S. Open was this last weekend, and it was in Los Angeles, the L.A. Country Club um, in the middle of the city, uh, Century City area, Beverly Hills area. 
uh, right on Wilshire Boulevard. You can you can drive right through it. Um, you can't really see it, but like you still can drive right through it. Um, so I, I don't think it had ever been there, but it had been in Southern California a few times. Uh, Torrey Pines, it, it's been a few times, but so it was. I believe it was there seventy five okay. years ago. I did th- it was something, yeah, like that. Truman was um, president, but they'll they'll be back in like twenty years. They said so. That's nice. Hmm. Um, a little weird that the weather was uh, not LA like uh, the first couple days, but Saturday was a nice um, day. It got it got hot, and, and you got that classic like they were finishing the rounds pretty late, and you got that sun in their eyes. Yeah, I saw that. Them. Their tea times were at like three thirty or something like yeah. that. I was like, holy shit, we are in the summer, aren't we? Doesn't feel like the summer. I know Sean would talk about that, but we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, what happened here is Wyndham Clark won this tournament, his first major, and I believe uh, he's only other one won one other event, PGA event, and it was like last year. And he's he's 29 years old, so uh, not a high, highly ranked guy. But I mean, this happens all the time. So I think it's like like five or six straight years of. Uh, new champions. You and know? I think the other thing too that should be noted is that they mentioned too how on the opening day on Thursday, Ricky Fowler like broke the course record, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was Scoffle or whatever also like broke the course record. But obviously, Ricky Fowler had a better day than him. So they were saying too that like typically that course was known to be like like minus like six under usually wins, and the winner I think was ten under. But uh, I think another thing to be noted too was like. And when you go into that final day, you look at the four golfers that they have the realistic chance to win. Ricky Fowler, who has never won a major, which I wasn't even aware of. Uh, Rory McIlroy, that hasn't won a major in nine years. And then Clark. And then Scheffler, who's, in my opinion, the best golfer in the yeah, world right now. He's the right number now. one ranked guy. Yeah. He's not going to lose that because no, he finished third. No, he's, he's incredible. I mean, you look at guys like John Rahm, who the other guy they mentioned for you know the, in the fight for number one, and he was like, plus one going into the final day. I mean, Scheffler is always up there. He's a great golfer. I was even saying that when I was watching it. I was like, I just don't want him to win. I said, I don't have anything against him. I think he's a he's a tremendous, tremendous golfer. I mean, number one in the world. But it's just he wins too much. I want to see one of these guys. And I'll be honest, I was cheering for Ricky. You know, it'd be nice to see Ricky finally gotten that one. But, you know, Clark's a nice little no-name that, you know, good yeah, for him. Yeah, I mean, and they, they always have to find the, uh, the human part of the story. But, um he lost his mom when he was 19. They just would say, like, every single time he was taking a shot, they're like, of course, he lost his mom. He's 19. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, was that emotional. Jim Nance? Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, it was emotional when he wins, especially yeah, no, a first-time cool. winner. Like- I think also I thought I said that said to his mom, like, kind of was like what pushed him to with golf and stuff like that. So, you know, they always do. It's like, you know, it reminds me, I was like, do you remember watching American Idol where it'd be like, after like every like four people would be like, and here's this guy's story. He dyed his hair blue because... His dad abused him and hated him when he was 13. That didn't even exist yeah. until he got it. And now he's fighting for a cure for all the children. They said singing is what makes him not remember it anymore. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> R- Rory, second place again. It has uh, been, a, been a tough ride here. I I've always been big on crack. saying Rory I, And I stand by that. I watched him choke on a Sunday one time. I think I had money on it like probably over like before he won last. So at least nine years, ten years ago. And I remember being so pissed off and like, I think I was in church too, like on a Sunday looking at my phone and it was like, just refreshing the page and it was like, bogey, bogey. And he just can't put, I don't know how he, honestly, how he was putting or how anything was this last Sunday. I didn't watch. 
as much, but he, he did not make a putt over five feet. Yeah, the- <laughs> he he's he sucks on Sundays putting. Like that is one thing I've always like just known, and it, it just I think it's just one of those things that gets in your head. And unfortunately for him, he's one of the best golfers in our time, and that's a bummer. Well, anything else to add? Well, we covered it. All. Sure? Yeah, no, we we did a good job, especially for this being a dead sports season. There was there well, was stuff to, to cover. I thought we were not going to talk about NBA for a while, and yet. We had the most things we had to talk about was NBA. Silver knows what he's doing. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Remember, he he teased the John Morant suspension yeah, for the end yeah, of the year. Exactly. Yeah, we knew we were going to at least talk about that. Yeah. It's like the uh, like a TV show gives you the next week on the NBA. <laughs> Sixty minutes. Pretty good. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to episode three hundred and twenty nine of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had off road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. We'll see you later.